This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. Today, as we are coming out of our month of January, January is a month for us that's our revival month. It's a month of our prayer and fasting and our time of, of seeking the Lord. And as we come out of it, you can see uh, from the logo and the bulletins, we are turning our hearts and the Lord has led us to share for a few weeks uh, just really some things that have been birthed. Today, I want to not just preach a, a message to you, but I want to I want to share with you some of the things that are boiling uh, in the spirit of for me and my wife, for Pastor Candy and I, our campus pastors, for our staff, and, and really just what we're sensing in the church. And as God continues to move us forward, we're compelled to take a message of hope everywhere to everyone. We're compelled to see the lost come to know the Lord. We're compelled to build relationships with one another, to love one another, because the world will know that we're his followers and his disciples as we love one another. And our theme this year is a theme of go beyond. And we want to talk about going beyond in some new areas in the next few weeks. Now, our theme comes from Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. We've been talking about it all month. Our speakers that were here, we're talking about it. Will you look on the screen and maybe read it together? Let's read it loud. Ephesians 3.20 says, let's say it together. Now, glory be to God, who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. Keep that up there. Look with me one more time. Infinitely what? Beyond our highest. This always grabs me. Our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. I mean, when I look at these pictures, and boy, don't we live in a beautiful part of the world. I look at these pictures, and I, and I look at what we have in South Florida, in the opportunity that's beyond us, that's beyond these four walls, that's beyond just what we see God doing on our campuses. There is so much more that God desires beyond our thoughts, our prayers, beyond what we could even imagine. God says, I am desiring to do so much more. I took this week just to reflect over this last month. I reflected over uh, each of our speakers. We had three uh, powerful, powerful speakers that spoke uh, uh, the word over us. I reflected over what they were saying. I kind of just walked back through their messages and reviewed the themes and and just began to look at it. We started actually in the last Sunday of December talking about the supernatural access that God has given, that God is desiring us to to tap into like keys opening up a door in heaven supernatural access that comes through prayer and and fasting we began to look with pastor Kilpatrick at the glory of God and and how God desires for his glory to come down in fact he ended up the morning he preached he ended up preaching two different sermons that day in the morning and uh, kind of threw us all uh, by surprise he preached to the first service about uh, the glory of God and and the attack that comes before the blessing uh, and and, and the attacks of the enemy. And if he's attacking, especially if he's attacking your children, uh, uh, it means that there's blessing that's coming, that there's a hand of God upon their life. And he talked about the glory of God. And then in the second service, he talked about giving the blessing. And I think we have both those sermons on our our website and the blessing uh, that, that is bestowed as we pursue God. Then Pastor Moses came and began to talk about this hunger for God and and having a a, a hunger that is just not satisfied. It's an unsatisfied, you know, hunger that you're pursuing. Now, if you fast for any length of time, the best illustration I know how to tell you is when you come off of a long fast, even though you eat, your body says, feed me, feed me. I mean, you can't satisfy that hunger. You just want to keep eating and eating and eating because you've been, your body think starving itself for so many days or weeks and and uh, and so there's this hunger for God and this pursuit of God he talked about perseverance 
He taught, he called it the until mentality. Remember that? The until mentality. It was a, a perseverance that we keep pressing and we keep pursuing and, and we uh, are desiring that there's levels of faith and we got to grow our faith at these different levels. And, and so all of these themes all month brings us to this morning. And, and as I was praying this week and, and looking at what God would have me to share with you, it brings me to our theme, compelled, compel them to come in, to go beyond. But before we can go beyond, there's some things I believe that's got to happen in our heart. Now, if you're taking notes, I would encourage you to take your outline. Uh, you have an outline in the bulletin. Uh, you can uh, download uh, the outline on your app, download the app and follow uh, us on the app. But compelled, compelled literally means that something is obliged or there's a, a force on someone or something to do something. You know, it's a, or, or, or to, or to, to move beyond. It, it's this idea that there's a pressure that's compelling and uh, motivating or driving, literally a, a drive that's forcefully moving something along. Well, over this last month, I'm going to share some thoughts that I really believe God has been downloading and sharing with us of what he's compelling us. It's a, it's a, it's a word that's, that's being shared over our church and hopefully over your heart, the sense that we're compelled by the glory of God and the presence of God and the power of God and the anointing of God. Can I just hear an amen in the house that, that there's something that's been released in this last month that's compelling us. This last week in our staff meeting and many of you in the congregation was sending back uh, pictures and words and things that you felt like God had laid on your heart. And in our staff meeting on Monday, we just took some time to, to share some of these things that we felt that God was saying to us over the last 21 days. And there was a couple, I mean, I find God speaks to us many times in pictures and there was many pictures that, that began to be shared, pictures of a lampstand. Stand. And that lampstand was, was shining bright. Now the oil had to keep being poured in for the light to still be shining. And it was linking to this idea of us being a lighthouse. In fact, the logo of the church used to be a lighthouse logo. If you pull into the parking lot, you'll see a big tower uh, right uh, when you're pulling in. And it's kind of like a, a lighthouse tower. Yeah, the, the, I hear that they tried to put lights in it at one time, but because of the airport, we couldn't put lights in. This idea of a lighthouse that's shining, a, a light stand that's shining and that, that God is compelling us to shine our light. Can I hear an amen? That, that we shine and, and just as old, the, the light could only shine if there was oil that was being poured in and we are the oil. We are the ones that are receiving the oil from the spirit and the light is shining from our lives. Another picture was this picture of a, of a train and, and in the train were, were, uh, were like uh, stallions, you know, and they were, they were, you know, they were ready to break out. And it was this sense that something was about ready to, to burst loose and the, and the horses were kind of kicking and, and this idea that something was about to be released. Now, I don't know about you, but man, this last month, we felt that. We, we sensed that. The, it was somebody with me this last month. It, I mean, I just want to make sure I'm preaching to the right crowd, you know. I mean, I, I mean there was this sense that, that God was unleashing something and something was about to take place. I've been reading a book called Revival Hubs, uh, uh, and, the, and the picture of Revival Hubs was... Uh, was confirmed by somebody else in our staff. And that was a map of, of America, especially was the picture. And across this map was like places. They were like lights that were shining across America. And, and there was one here, a, a big light coming out of, of South Florida and, and different places of America where these lights were shining. And, uh, and it's this picture that God is pouring out his spirit over regions and in those regions and boy it's already happening here in South Florida not just among us but man there's a group of churches and pastors that are praying every day for revival and and man when you look at the Texas that that they're sending you know uh, I don't know if these Presbyterians and Baptists know what they're writing but man this Pentecostal is going oh boy you start writing that 
and you start praying that and something's about to happen because there's a group of pastors that are praying and it's like the light is, is, is growing and it's growing and it's growing and it's growing and it's going to shed the glory upon the, 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 the region of South Florida. And man, that's what's been happening this last month. And in our hearts, there's a desperate, desperate cry. And I hope you felt it in your heart out of prayer and fasting and reading the New Testament and reading the devotions and being in our nights ablaze and nightly prayers, whatever you did in this last month, that there was a desperation that rose up in your heart that says, God, I've got to have more of you. God, I want a deeper hunger and an intimacy and an anointing. I want an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. I mean, as a pastor, I've been praying that we are equipped and that we are ready as a church to advance. And there's just a sense, and that's what I've titled the message today, is that the time is now that God is wanting to do something new, that there is a promise, there is an outpouring, there's a new sense of the glory of God and an outpouring of the presence and power of God. And I don't want us to miss it. I don't want you to miss it. I want us to be ready. The time is now. And so for a few moments, I want to take you to a story. One of my favorite stories actually in the Bible. It's my prayer. Uh, it's a prayer that I've prayed over my life quite regularly is that God, you would help me be a leader like this young man. And, uh, and he wasn't like really young because he spent 40 years in the desert. But, when, uh, uh, but when, he was, when he was ready to take over what God wanted him to do, there was a powerful anointing on his life. And I just pray that as we look at the life of Joshua, that the Joshua anointing will come over each and every one of us because God shows up in Joshua's life and Joshua is hurting, hearing God and, and he hears the revelation of God and that is the time is now, Joshua. That which you've been praying for, that which you've been dreaming about, that which you've been hoping for, that which I promised to you a long time ago, the time is now. So turn to your neighbor and say, the time is now. <laughs> the promise is now. It's time right now. Joshua is our chapter. Joshua, turn with me. Joshua chapter one in your Bibles. Click over there. It's in your outline. Now, let me say Joshua is a great leader. I mean, Joshua was literally one of the, the greatest leaders that we have in scripture. Joshua's life is one where he faced incredible odds, one after another. I mean, one battle after another battle, and he never gave up. And all I can tell is if you're facing a battle today, don't give up because it'll strengthen you, it'll enable you, and you'll see victory on the other side of the battle. In fact, the greater the battle, the greater the victory that's coming. Can I just hear an amen in the house? No matter what you're facing. And that was Joshua. He was a great, great leader. Now, at this moment, before I start to read, he's facing two great challenges. The first great challenge is that he has to follow Moses. Moses' leadership. And the last verse of Deuteronomy says, up until that point, Moses was the greatest leader, had performed the greatest works that any man had ever seen before. And now, Moses... Moses, my servant has died, and Joshua, it's your turn to lead. Now, I don't know about you, but as a young Joshua that has stepped behind two great men of God that built great works of God as a leader, I can feel what Joshua is feeling right now. When we went to Vienna, in fact, he'll be preaching here in a few weeks, the, 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 the gentleman that we followed built such a great work. He is one of the greatest leaders we have in the Assemblies of God. And then I was to follow him. I was 32 years old. I'd never seen your pastor before. I mean, I was just like, God, help me not to mess this up. I, I don't want to screw this around and mess this up and, and blow it, God. I mean, that was probably more pride and, and an ego and all of that. But it was just like, God, I'm dependent on you. And then when Pastor Max called and asked if we would consider going into a transition with him here, it was like, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a great idea, but no. I mean, here's Joshua following the leadership of Moses. He was a great, great leader. And so, I mean, honestly, Joshua struggled with some confidence. He, he lacked confidence in believing that he could do it. 
Have you ever been there? You lack some confidence? And by the way, lacking confidence isn't bad. I mean, I mean, courage is moving in spite of our fear. Courage is overcoming it. But confidence, when you lack confidence, man, it drives you to the heart of God as a believer, as a leader, because you're saying, God, I can't do this without you. I need you, God. The only way I'm going to see this through is that I know you're anointing me and you're with me. So the first challenge is he's following the leadership of Moses. The second challenge is the assignment. And the assignment is that you're going to lead my people into the promised land. You're going to go into the promised land. Now, that was God's blessing. That was the promise. I mean, that's your faith goals that you've written down on your cards. I mean, these are everything that they've hoped for. They've walked forward towards. I mean, a million of them are ready to enter into the promised land. And here they are. It's the moment. But in the promised land were seven enemy nations, seven enemy nations. And those enemy nations were stronger. They were bigger. They were military nations. Israel wasn't a military nation. They were a bunch of slaves that were leaving Egypt. They were a bunch of ragtags that were coming through the desert. And the moment they cross over the Jordan, they're declaring, we're going to war with you. And as soon as they declare, we're going to war with you, they're not going to war with one nation. They're going to war with seven nations that are stronger. I mean, Israel's been slaves, slaves for 400 years. They've been wandering in the desert. Now, here's a good one for you, parents. The parents didn't get to go. They didn't get to go because they lacked faith. They, they lacked the faith to believe that God was sending them. And so it was their children that God was raising up. It was a new generation that God was raising up. And so here's, a, sometimes we look at the younger generation and say, God, what are you going to do? And God says, I've been there before. I've been there before and I'm going to do something with them. Now, by the way, a new generation in the church, I've come to recognize isn't just by age. It's not just our children and our grandchildren, but it's a new generation in the congregation. It doesn't matter what age it is, but there's a new vision and a new faith and a new expectation and a new belief in God that something, even though the odds are against us, God is about to do something and I've got faith to believe it. I mean, it's an incredible story that's here. And so Joshua, they're, they're, they're on the verge of the Jordan. They're about to cross over. 40 years they've been in the desert. And the assignment, the assignment that God puts on Joshua is overwhelming. Now, I know that assignment. I mean, compelled is about an assignment. It's a, maybe another word is about a mandate. It's, a, it's an assignment on a church and it's a, a mandate on a church that says, God, I mean, is it even possible? God, could you even, I'm in revival and I was right down here. There was one night I was here probably for 45 minutes just on my knees. And there was a moment where I knew the mantle. I had felt it in the past. I knew there was a mantle that was being released. And all I could say is, God, is it possible? Really? Is it possible through this church, one church, through these leaders and these people, is it possible not only to touch South Florida, but is it possible to see a greater impact? Is it possible or is it just good faith talk? And man, there was something that said, man, God, you are putting a mandate on us. And all I can ask you, God, is to help us stand strong. Give us, give us thick shoulders, right? Super Bowl, give us big shoulders, right? Help us to stand strong. Help us to be ready. Let our faith be strong. Help us to stand with vision. Help us to overcome the odds. There are seven enemy nations, but that's not holding us back because we're getting ready to go into what you have for us. And man, I felt the mandate. I, I felt it come down. My wife and I, all, all month, it was just something was different. We've done this every year. We've fasted every year. We've gone through this for years and years and years. And there was something that was different. It's not about the size of the church. It's not about how many people are coming. It's about the impact and what we can be a part of for the glory of God. Can I hear an amen? And so here is Joshua. The time is now, and it comes out of this, it comes out of these first few verses. Look with me in Joshua chapter one, 
I'm going to start reading in verse 11. You have it in your outline. Verse 11, here the Lord is coming, speaking. He's saying three days from now you're going to cross the Jordan. You're going to cross from here and you're going to go and take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving to you for your own. God says to Joshua, he says, you got this is what I've got for you in the future. This is what you're going to do. And you're going to take possession. What does take possession means is that God's about to give you something. You're about to cross over into something that you've been praying about, dreaming about, writing about, asking for, believing for maybe a long time. Maybe you couldn't even say it from your mouth because you were maybe a little inhibited to say, God, would you even do that? You couldn't even pray it. And God says, I'm about to give it to you. For 40 years, you've been walking towards this. This is the moment that I'm about to take you into something, something that you can't even imagine. This last week, God, even in my own life, began to, to do some things that I wrote on my faith goal card. I mean, I, I, followed, uh, I followed what I asked you to do. I write my faith goals, and I, and I wrote my faith goals. And this week, God even started doing something, and I caught myself yesterday praying because it's, it, it's, it's coming together. It's not all quite there yet. And I was praying, and I was asking God to do something, and, and it looks like it's going to be even better than what I was anticipating. And I found myself so insane, and then I caught myself, and I found myself saying, God, you went beyond what I was even praying. And it was like, God was like, knock, 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 you know. You know, I'm going to do more than you can think, dream, imagine, pray about. I'm going to go beyond. You're going to take possession. You're going to move in. You're going to see what I want to do. And so what Joshua is learning from God is that God is saying to Joshua, and I believe it's what he's saying to us as a church. We are compelled, you're compelled personally and corporately. But I've got to tell you, it starts here. And that is you've got to, we've got to, we need to, I'm putting myself with you in this. We've got to enlarge our vision. I want you to write it down, enlarge your vision. I want you to see that it is time. God is wanting to do some things, but it requires us to enlarge our vision. Now I keep, I keep telling you this, and I spoke about this. When we talked about the way of the eagle, we talked about the, the eagle that soars and, and the eagle that sees. It has a, a vision that's matchless. Why do I keep talking about it? It's because we gotta get it into our spirits. You will not go over into that which God has personally or us corporately if we don't see what God is wanting us to see. Every speaker I begin to reflect on, they were talking about seeing and believing and this whole idea of go beyond implies it, that we're moving from where we're at personally and corporately and we're moving to another place. Go back with me in your, in your, your passage here. Go to verse one. In fact, I wanna, I wanna read several verses here uh, to you. In verse one, of Joshua, it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, Moses was the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, my servant, is dead. <laughs> oh, that's a hard way of saying it at the end of your life, you know. It's dead. He's done. He's, he's not here. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land that I'm about to give to them. That's the Israelites. In other words, he's saying, this is the day. You've been wandering. This is graduation day. I'm getting ready to take you into the land for the very first time. I will give you every place, circle that, every place where you set your foot as I promised, underlined it, as I promised Moses, I'm giving it to you. And now he's going to get very specific and he's going to begin to define exactly what Joshua is about to take over. Your territory will extend from the desert and from Lebanon to the great river of the Euphrates and all the Hittite countries and to the great sea on the, on the west. And no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. For 40 years, here it has been the same 
They've been doing the same for 40 years. And then suddenly some things change. Can I hear an amen? Suddenly some things begin to happen. And that's what I believe has happened in the last 21 days. This last month is that God has been doing some things and some things have been happening. I felt that there's a a divine impartation and that there is a a divine mandate that's been released upon us. And and you and I are at this place and there's a sense that God is saying, I'm compelling you to go forward, to go forward in your life and to go forward as a church. Now, why do we take you down your faith goal cards and encourage you to do it? And if you haven't done it yet, it's not too late. They're out in the kiosk, pick it up on the way out and fill out a faith goal card. It's because those faith goals become prophetic statements. They're statements. They're, 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 they're prophetic declarations that you're making that you feel that God is putting into your heart and into your spirit. And that's what we've been feeling that God has been doing this last year. I've been praying that God would, that God would pour out a spirit on us as a church like in the days of old, in the books of Acts, in the book of Acts, that that there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and, and that we're anointed and we're moving and we're going forward with this powerful touch of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. That heaven has opened over us and and that here we are and and as we're worshiping him and praising him and that we're hearing the word, something is happening in our hearts. Can I just get a witness in the house? That we're compelled to move forward. We're compelled to finish the task. But it requires us to have a vision. It requires us to see and and to believe and, and to look and to anticipate what God is wanting. A year ago, I stood up and I shared with you a vision that I, that I sense that God was putting on our heart. I've been asked for years if we would contemplate it and we never felt like it was the right time. And then we begin getting requests and we begin to, to build relationship with churches throughout the Caribbean and, and in different nations. And I was in the Caymans and doing some revivals there with Pastor Moses. And, and we were talking to uh, Pastor Bob that's in the Caymans and others and, 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 and other opportunities that begin to develop. And it began to grow uh, as a burden and, and more than just a burden, like a mandate that God began to lay on us the opportunity to go on uh, inspiration television as the first network and begin maybe to look at some other uh, networks. And so you've been seeing the slide running that we started the second Sunday in January on inspiration television. And what we've done is we've picked times that because uh, uh, throughout the Caribbean, many of you already know this, that uh, television and cable is something that's very, very still uh, popular and, and, and they're dependent upon. And Inspiration Television is on cable networks all through the Caribbean and literally around the world. And so we begin to pick times where those down in the Caribbean nations would maybe be more uh, conducive times uh, for them. And so we've already started. It's already begun to happen. You saw the slide. I think it's there. Uh, the team chose to call it Message of Hope. And, uh, you know, I put my name on there, but Message of Hope. And, uh, and, and, and it's already beginning the broadcast and it's already going down into the Cayman. And what we're praying for, and this is why I'm telling you what I want you to pray for, is we're praying, first of all, that God's going to help us to reach souls for the kingdom of God, that God's going to help us through the programming to reach souls for his kingdom. And secondly, we're developing School of Discipleship in an online format. And what we want to begin to do once it's done is we want to begin to encourage at the end of every broadcast for those that would like to grow in their faith and go deeper in their faith to join us in a discipleship program online with School of Discipleship. And those of you that have been through School of Discipleship, you know it's transformational. It builds your life. It strengthens your faith. It equips you and prepares you for what God wants to do in and through you. And so I want you to be praying with us. We're just starting. We're talking to some other networks now, some larger networks. We're saying, well, we're doing the work. Let's go ahead and see what God wants to do. So just imagine from right here, right now, we're broadcasting in over a hundred nations around the world right now through this auditorium. 
And so it's this idea of going beyond and seeing bigger and, and sensing the wind of the spirit and, and the move of God and a powerful touch of the Holy Spirit. Now the problem, the problem for all of us is this. We have a thought, we hear that God wants to use us. We, we hear sermons and, and we know that God wants to touch us and work through us. But the problem for most of us, like Joshua, is we lack confidence. Four times in the first book, book of Joshua, chapter one, God says to Joshua, take courage, banish fear, be confident, don't be afraid, be determined and confident. This is what I wanna do. Now we hear that God wants to take us beyond, that we gotta enlarge our vision, that there's more, the time is now but we lack confidence. For Moses, he's succeeding Moses. Uh, for Joshua, he's succeeding Moses. And he's stepping into an assignment that's so overwhelming. And what I've learned through the years in my own life is what causes doubt in me, and maybe it causes doubt for you too, I don't know, but what causes doubt in me is first of all, when I start to compare myself to others, it begins to chip away at my confidence and I begin to lose this, this faith and, 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 and confidence. I begin to doubt what God wants to do and can do and what I can do. And all of a sudden it comes back to me instead of him and I begin to make excuses and I disqualify myself. So I don't step forward. I don't step into the opportunity because I have these doubts and I, I compare to others and I look at others and I see others and, I, and, and Moses, I can imagine, he's look, Joshua's looking at all that Moses did and thinking, I can't do this. I can't do it, you know? And, 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 and then secondly, what I've learned that causes, causes doubt and chips away at my confidence is past failures because my emotions get in the way and, and, and maybe it's been sin or, or hurt in your life or, or maybe there's been a disappointment, but these past failures many times causes us to doubt what God can do in and through us. But all I wanna encourage you to say, like God said to Joshua today, Josh, God is saying to you today, is no matter what's happened in the past, we've got to let go of the past and we've got to look into the future. We've gotta let go of the, of, the, of the things that have happened, the pains and the hurt. We gotta quit comparing to others and say, God, if you can use me, then God, here am I, use me. Can I just hear an amen in the house? The time is now. If you're gonna move into God's promised land, the blessings, the, those things that are on your faith goal card, then you've got to begin to enlarge your vision. You've got to begin to see. You've got to begin to believe. You've got to begin to hold on. Secondly, this is what he says here. I wanna read this to you. Secondly, we've gotta get ready to cross over. We gotta get ready to move in to the promise of what God has for us. Look here as I read these verses to you. Joshua chapter one, look at verse three. I promised Moses, I would give you this land. So I will give you every place, say every place, you go in the land. Man, what a powerful God is compelling us. He's saying, I promised Moses and I'm going to give it to you. The time is now. Go down to verse 10. In verse 10 of our chapter here, then Joshua issued instructions to the leaders of Israel to tell the people to get ready to cross the Jordan River. Somebody say, get ready, get ready. to cross. He says, get ready to cross the Jordan River. River. Joshua chapter 3. Turn over two chapters. Joshua chapter 3. Here we pick up the story. Early the next morning, verse 1, Joshua and all the people of Israel left the Asiya and, and arrived that evening at the banks of the Jordan River, where they have camped for a few days before crossing. And on the third day, the officers went through the camp and they were giving these instructions. When you see the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant, follow them. You have never been this way before. You have never been where you're going now. So they, the priests, will guide you. However, say about a half mile behind and a clear space between you and the Ark, 
In the past, they got a little too close to the ark and they died. So have some space between you and the ark. Be sure that you don't even get any closer than that. Then Joshua told the people to purify. Purify means consecrate. Purify yourself for tomorrow. Someone say tomorrow. Tomorrow the Lord will do a great miracle among you. Let me just declare somebody's tomorrow is coming. I love here. We talk about it on the encounter. You've never traveled this way before. You see, if we're going to move in and we're compelled to go and we're going to see what God's doing, there's a preparation period. You're going into a land you've not been. You're stepping into blessings you've not had before. You're going to a higher level that you've not been at before. There is a new anointing that God is placing and stirring on you that you've not walked in before. There are new ministries and opportunities that God is wanting to open up to you that you've not seen before. And therefore, we have got to get ready. Can I hear an amen? There's uncharted territory. There's some places that you're going. You haven't seen it. You don't understand it. There's something on the other side of the Jordan. You're at the bank and you're ready to go over. You're not there yet, but it's going to be a new experience and a new anointing, a new dimension and a new challenge. And so you got to get ready because you're about to go over. And all I can say is I hope you see it. I hope you can see on the other side that there's something that's compelling you. There's something that's pushing you, that you're not going to stay the same. You're not going to remain the same. You're moving to a new level and to a new place. He says, you've not been this way before. There's a new generation that's been raised up. There's a promised land that God's been promising. And in order to go there, you're going to leave some things behind. And you got to get ready to go. I know every year when I come through January, there's new convictions that God is developing in my heart. There's new things that God is saying, I want you to begin to change. I want you to work on. I begin to pray and say, God, reveal to me areas of my character in my life and that, that, that you're working in me and what you're wanting to do. And all I can say is you got to prepare because there's more of what God wants to do on the other side. Don't be satisfied to stay in the desert. Don't be satisfied just to be wandering around the desert when there's something more that God has for you. And so you got to prepare for it. Now, my encouragement for everyone here today is don't walk alone. Don't try to go alone. Don't walk alone. Joshua encouraged the people and the officers. And he said, tell the people to get ready to move. Get ready to move. We're moving together. You can't go one by one by one. We got to move together. And so my encouragement is don't walk alone. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready for what God is about to do. Now, to do that best, I want to just, I just want to, I want to inspire you for a moment to say, our small groups, our life groups are the best place that we can journey together, that we can be praying together, that we can be encouraging together, that we can be building up and inspiring together. It's not just what's happening for you. It's maybe what you're doing for others where together we hold one another up and we strengthen one another. Man, life group. Man, the two areas Joshua struggled with, I'm telling you, when you're in a small group, a life group, this happens in your life. And that is you build confidence and boy, you build commitment in your life. Man, there's people that are there to inspire and, and you can learn the word. You learn how to apply the word. You learn how to live it out. You're watching how others are wrestling with their struggles and they're watching how you're wrestling with your struggles and it strengthens you and helps you. I'm telling you, when, when your life is like this, you get into a life group, it begins to level it out and you begin to see that you're going from glory to glory to glory. glory. You're growing, you're strengthening, you're taking steps. And I believe it's because you've got others that are around you. Now, if you're not in a life group, you're not in a life group, I just want to encourage you. We're starting our life groups back up this month. In fact, in the next week or so, they're starting back up. We want to help you get connected. And all you've got to do is in your bulletin, there is a, there is a life group card and you take that card, you fill that card out 
And as you fill that card out, you can leave it on the pew. You can take it to the lobby, to a kiosk there. Either way, do either one. But when you fill that card out, we're going to be able to help you get connected to whatever type of group, men's group, women's group, couples group, young adult group, our youth even have life groups. I mean, it's something that we do all through the church. And I want to encourage you to be a part of it. The last thought that I want to leave you with before we close today. Here, Joshua says to the people, prepare, purify, get ready, consecrate. You're going forward. There's some things you're going to leave behind you. There's preparation. You got to be dedicated and surrendering to God. You got to get ready for something that God's about to do. And as you get ready to cross over, you're surely going to begin to see the newness of what God is wanting in your life. But it brings us to one third thought that I see in the life of Joshua. And I'm gonna use this third thought just to make some prophetic declarations over your life. But before I do, I wanna read it to you. Joshua chapter one, verse five, we've read it a few times. Let me read it again. No one will be able to defeat you all of your life. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you or ever forget you. And he tells Joshua that they've got to move forward. He tells them that they've got to go. And the story goes like this, that the priests were to go through and tell the officers to get ready Tell the people that we're going across. They're at the edge of the, of the Jordan. They're consecrating. They're preparing. They're getting ready to cross over. And then we read that the priests will go first. And man, I mean, this is for leaders in the room. This is something to remember what God is saying to, to the leaders. Leaders always go first. We have a motto here at Christian Life Center that is servant leadership, not positional leadership. A servant leader serves. A servant leader goes first. A servant leader is is there to to help guide, to assist, to strengthen, to to stand with. That's the leaders of our church. That's what we preach and teach and, and equip towards. And here it says that the leaders will step first. And as the leaders step, then you will follow. Now the leaders were to stay there until everybody had crossed. Now as a leader, you're gonna step and others are going to step before the water parts. Well, the last time they had to go across water at the Red Sea, they didn't have to step first. It was amazing that that Moses went to it and he put the staff and and it's separated. And then they walked. But now they're at another water issue. And this water issue required them. And it's a lesson that we have to understand. And that is they had the step first. You see, that first step is always the hardest step. It's the most difficult step because it requires courage. The courage means I'm overcoming my fear, I'm overcoming my doubt, my lack of confidence. I'm taking a step and that courage is moving me forward in spite of my fear. You see, great men and women of God, it's not that they don't have fear, they overcome the fear and they step out. I'm telling you, hear my heart, I'm I'm coming to the end. The greatest problem I see in the church, church I pastor, is a lack of faith to step. We want God to put it together and then it's like, yes, it's the Red Sea moment. God split the the Red Sea and we go. But it's a new day and God requires us to step. Step forward in faith, to lean on God, to trust God, to step because we've heard God and we sense God and there's something that's compelling us and we move, we step forward. It says, as soon as the priest stepped into the water, the water stopped flowing and it piled up. And if you read the scripture, it was 17 miles away. So it didn't stop immediately, but it stopped. It was still flowing. There was still water that was coming there, but eventually it was dry. 
And man, the priests, leaders, hear me, they had to stay in the middle. They had to keep standing there with the ark until all of Israel passed by. Reminds me of Maria Khalil's testimony and the battle, the battle for your breakthrough, the battle for your touch. Just keep persevering and holding on. The until mentality that there's extended faith, that your faith holds strong. So here's the third point, if they didn't put it up yet, is that we've got to step out in faith. Step out in faith. I don't know what's between you and that which God's gonna do this year. The Jordan River that's before you, the barrier that's keeping you from what God wants from you. But I'm telling you, it's going to require faith to step out. When you begin to go through your faith promise card, can I tell you this morning, those things are not just going to happen. There's gonna be steps you're gonna to have to take. There's disciplines you're gonna to have to develop. There's habits you're gonna to have to build into your life. There's some things you're gonna to have to do. If you wrote, I want a better marriage, you don't just sit back and wait to get a better marriage. You start doing something that builds a better marriage. If you're saying, God, I want to get out of debt, then there's some things you got to do to get out of debt. Don't think that, a, that, that God's going to send a money tree into your life and you're going to find a money tree and all your bills are paid for. It just doesn't happen usually that way. Maybe one or two of you, it may happen that way, but most of the time it's steps that you got to take. You can't spend more than you receive. You got to save. You got to pay off debt. You got to do snowball. There are some things you got to do. If you want to buy a house, you got to liquidate some debt. You got to build up your credit score. You got to start looking. You got to be realistic in your budget. There's some things that you got to begin to do. If you want to have a better relationship with people in your life, you be a friend to have a friend. You give what you don't have so you can receive what you don't have. You begin to give. Give what you don't have so you can begin to see what God wants to do as you're giving it away. Maybe it's something in your career. Maybe there's another step. Maybe you need a promotion. Maybe there's something new that you want to see. Grow yourself. One of the values of our leadership team is grow daily. It's a value for our leadership team. Grow daily. What do you need to do to grow yourself? Get up in the morning, start reading, turn the TV off, start studying, start growing yourself, make yourself a better person and you'll begin to see God opening up opportunities before your life. Now I know I just lost you in all that practical stuff. But the reality is there's another side, but it requires a step. But when you step out in faith, God promises his power. He says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. God says, when you step out, he's gonna give you his power. Now, faith promise goals require God's power when you begin to step. In our life groups, we're gonna begin talking about our faith promise goals and, and how to step and how to build discipline and how to begin to develop it in our life. And God promises his power when you step in faith. God promises, secondly, his protection. When you're leaning on God in Proverbs, it says, lean on me, trust in me. When you do, God says his protection is there. I will never leave you, he says to Joshua, and I will never forsake you. God's protection. Thirdly, God promises prosperity. He promises success and blessing in your life. Don't, he says in verse eight, leave the instructions of my book. Don't let them depart from your mouth. Meditate on them day and night. Be careful to obey everything that's there and then you will be prosperous and successful. God says, obey, walk with me, trust me, and watch my prosperity get released into your life. And lastly, when you step in faith, God promises to you and I his presence, which honestly is the best 
that the presence of God is there, that, that I know as I obey him and I follow him and I meditate in his word and as I look to him and I lean on him, that his presence is there, that he will make my steps straight, my path will be straight. Some of you, it's been crooked. You've been doing circles round and round. Some of you, you've been spinning and spinning and spinning. And God says, this is what will happen when you put this word to action in your life problem for too many is they're picking and choosing what they're going to do, how they're going to obey, what they're going to live by. They know it, but they don't live it. And that's why you need a small group around you. The last verse I end with is from the very end of Joshua's life. Joshua chapter 24, I think I have it, verse 15. Joshua says at the end of his life, so a lot has happened. And at the very end, he says, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, if it seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Joshua's just saying straight up, hey, listen, if what I've been telling you today is too hard, you have a choice to make. You're not, you're not fooling anyone, by, by the way. This is between you and God. He says, if it's undesirable, choose for yourself today whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors that, 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 that serve beyond the Euphrates, then serve them. Or the gods of the Amorites and those lands that you are living, then serve them. But Joshua says this, for me and what? My household, my house, my life. I've made a decision that I'm gonna serve the Lord. I mean, Joshua's character, he says, choose today whom you're going to serve. But for me, my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I pray every man in this, in this house, every man that's listening to me today, I pray that that's your decision, that I'm going to serve the Lord. For me and my house, I'm serving the Lord. We're going to uphold God's word. We're going to go by God's standards. We're going to live by God's ways. I'm going to figure out what that means. I want to live on the other side of the Jordan. I want to get out of the desert. And I want to get into the promised land. I feel compelled. God, enlarge our vision. Help us to cross over. Help us to step in faith. God, I'm compelled. I'm compelled. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.